We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect, there are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast. The usually Friday, but now Wednesday DFS version. We are recording a little bit earlier as uh, Friday is Christmas. So uh, we appreciate everybody jumping on. I am Scott Jensen, joined as always by Andrew Laird. If you could please rate or review the podcast, we'd greatly appreciate that. If you enjoy listening to us this year, want to give us a bunch of stars, that'd be great. Andrew, we were just talking that it's somehow week 16. Uh, I don't know how that happened, but uh, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I feel like this is the part of the season, 16, not as much as 17, but like 16 is like, where we start talking about guys we've never heard of because, you yep. know, people are either ruled out or their you know teams are giving up. But it seems as weird as it is in a in a year where, you know, the COVID absences have created like such chaos. It doesn't seem. I mean, knock on wood, it's Wednesday. So like, but it seems like week sixteen. There's really no concerns of people resting or um, other like lineup things that could really throw us for a loop. And I was saying to you uh, just before we started recording, like I did all the research that I normally do going into our Friday podcast. Um, it's two days earlier. And yet I, I just really don't have a great feel on this uh, slate. I think partially because there are too many players who are available. <laughs> like um, we always talk about how I like it when there are fewer decisions. It just seems like yeah. there are a ton of decisions this week. 
Yeah, even even so, I mean, it's only a ten game slate too, and we've got a lot of games that are off the slate. We've got uh, we got a Friday night a Friday night game, which is Christmas, or a Friday ga- day game, I guess, is Christmas. We have three games on Saturday. Uh, the NFL has decided to put my 49ers on Amazon Prime only. So that's uh, from Super Bowl champions to um, flexed off Sunday Night Football for the Giants Browns to Amazon, the Amazon Prime game. It feels like uh, we're slowly becoming the Jaguars. Really, quickly. we're going to play like four London games next year. It's going to be yeah, right. Um, but we've got we got Bucks Lions is a, is a big total that's off the slate. Um, Titans Packers a 56 total off the slate. Uh, we got Bills, Patriots, Vikings, Saints. I mentioned on Friday. That's a that's a big game too. So weirdly enough, we're left with ten games. Only one has a total over fifty. So we've we're, we're at a week here. Where we've got to try and find out which games we think you know get a little get a little crazy. Uh, we have Falcons, Chiefs is fifty four, and I think a lot of people are going to be stacking a lot of guys in that game. Although, as you pointed out last week in in, in Chiefs Saints, they're expensive. Like you can't just you can't just stack Mahomes, Kelsey, and Hill and hope to do anything else with your lineup. I mean, those guys are really priced up this week. And we've got three games that are 45 and under. We have Colts Steelers. We have the you know the Steelers offense, which is just slowly sinking into nothingness. It's uh, it, they they were brutal on Monday night. Um, Panthers, Washington football team, 44 and a half. Some of that's a function of the uh, the football team's defense being pretty darn good. And then Giants Ravens is 45, kind of a function of the Giants defense being good and the Giants offense being really bad. Uh, Giants games are averaging a league low 39.6 points per game overall. They are the uh, they are the team with the lowest combined total in in games. So it's uh, it'd be interesting to see them against Lamar. It's at least a, I mean you can find the positive there that the defense is playing well. Exactly, where there are some teams. But first of all, before we get to the slate, Jets winners, congratulations, first time this year. I can tell you that the uh, you're a winner by being a Jets fan. <laughs> Did I win? I was setting you up for that. Um, yeah. I, jokingly sent a tweet that Adam Gase is going to look to the fact that the Jets have won every single game when Frank Gore has at least uh, more than 21 carries. And so obviously that's the key to victory in the NFL. You joke, but there's actually, that's actually not that far from probably what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's got to get, yeah, him, I, get the guy some touches here, man. That's, yeah, that's the key. it was, it was a wild week of, you know, them beating the Rams, the Bengals beating the Steelers. And you, know, you mentioned nobody resting, like the chiefs are the only team that really is kind of in cruise mode, but they're only two games up on the bills and the Steelers. So they still need one more win to, to clinch the number one seed. So it's nice that we have, you know, like fantasy football playoffs and stuff are usually week set, week 16 because nobody plays week 17, but there's always some guys that rest in there. But like you said, there's really no teams that are off the gas fully yet. There will be a couple maybe next week, but uh, none this week. I think everybody's a full go. Yeah, it's uh, there are obviously a few injury concerns that, you know, that we have every week, but like nothing drastic. And of course, it's Wednesday. So like we don't have any firm, um, firm guys ruled out yet. But uh, I think. I mean, we. I, you could probably say this every Wednesday. Of the, I'm not expecting a lot of things to change, but right. I mean, there are, because it's Wednesday, we have plenty of time to like figure out uh, what the different paths are, depending on who start. You know, if guys are in or not. Yeah, like we, I think it was Saturday last week where Ezekiel Elliott said he wasn't playing, and Tony Pollard suddenly became a you know big flashing play. So there's uh, there will be some changes, and we've got some guys that are questionable. We'll kind of hit all those as we're going through. But let's jump into running backs. Um, we're, we're used to uh, Derrick Henry and Dalvin Cook atop the slate. They're both off this week. Uh, Cook's playing Friday, and uh, and Henry's playing Sunday night. Um, so we've got nobody over 8,000, it looks like, at running backs. So we've got this top group of uh, Nick Chubb, Austin Eckler. David Montgomery has joined the top tier, which is uh, a month ago you would have like laughed at me if I said anything resembling that. But uh, we've also got Jonathan Taylor up here at 7,300. Uh, what are you doing with this, uh, with this, with this top group here of maybe, maybe four guys over 7,300? Um, it's funny when I saw, like when you see David Montgomery that <laughs> yeah. high, you're just like, all right, who else 
am I playing? Because like, I can't pay that much, but he's been awesome. I mean, like every week it seems, um, the schedule is working out perfectly for, for the bears. So every week, um, you know, you're like, which team is favored with like a decent total, um, and gives it, you know, is playing a defense that gives up a ton of yards or a ton of fantasy points. And we're here again with David Montgomery, like Jaguars have given up the third most fantasy points to, to running backs this season. Um, they're obviously, it was funny. We we're talking about how like the volume wasn't there two weeks ago for Montgomery. Uh, and we were like, if I told you that he only had 11 carries, like it'd be yep. an easy fade. And of course he had like 115 yards or something around there. Yep. Um, 32 carries last week. Crazy. Like it's almost <laughs> like they looked at the box. I'm like, Oh my God, I can't, we only gave him 11 carries. Like we, what we're doing with a lead and like, all right, well, Time to tote the rock, David. But yes, yeah, 33 touches last week, uh, 32 carries. Like you said, 146 yards rushing, two touchdowns. He's uh, he's up to 7,700. Uh, DraftKings is not messing around. They are definitely pricing him uh, pricing him as if, he, if he's one of the, the really good running backs. But I saw a stat that you take his whole career, which is only two years, but uh, his five best games, the four of them have been the last four weeks. <laughs> so far and away his best month that like it's actually his four of his five best games in the last two years. Like, in the last just, two years, that's wild. I mean, he's just been he's been balling. I mean, you mentioned Jacksonville; they've allowed 150 rushing yards average the last five games. Derrick Henry had 215 against them famously two weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards had 106 yards combined last week. So, I mean, they're uh, they're definitely gettable. They're bad. Uh, they're talking about Mike Glennon might start again this week, and him and Minshew were kind of in a competition this week. Is he going to start? So, uh, I don't think they know what they're doing there. I think that they very much want to lose now. I mean, obviously they have the number one pick now over the Jets. That was the big thing about the Jets winning is they went from one to two, but uh, um, whereas the Jets seem to be like playing hard, especially recently. And I think everybody in the team did not want to go own 16. You fully yeah. get as a player, like people joke around online, but you could never want to be own 16. Um, I think Jackson was, wants to go one and 15 pretty badly. I think like they wouldn't have uh, obviously one in 15 when you have the number one pick is a lot different than one in 15 when you have the number two pick. Yes, so yeah, yes. like now that they have the one, the one, like they have no incentive to win. They can't, they can't blow it back. Right. Like you just figure, but, um, so I want to ask, talk about Nick Chubb. He's playing the jets. Um, I love Nick Chubb. Everybody that listens to this podcast knows us. he has 30 carries of 10 plus yards this year. Um, which is obviously a lot of chunk plays, especially he missed time too. We got a situation like every week we're like, oh, well, the Jets are really good against the run. Even if they, you know, teams have leads on them, they still pass because it's so easy. Um, they've even given up a 100-yard rusher since Melvin Gordon a week four. We've talked about that stat a bunch of times over the last month. Um, I think Nick Chubb's really damn good, though. Consistent touches, too. Like, I know Kareem Hunt gets involved, but, the, you know, it doesn't come. It, Chubb still gets his 16, 17, 18 carries. Um, the Jets were good rushy last week, though, against the Rams. They held Cam Akers to 15 to 63, and that was a guy that was really starting to get rolling a little bit. Um, I like Chubb at 7,800, but want to know what you think uh, going against your Jets here. So looking at the, since week 10, inclusively, how, where do you think the Jets rank in terms of fantasy points allowed to running backs on DraftKings? I would go like, uh, like eighth to 10th best, something like that. They are the best. Wow. No team. You set, you set me up badly there. No team has allowed fewer points to running backs than the Jets. Um, Granted, that's why, I mean, I know that they're easy to pass on, but those are games that like, I know the Raiders game, they almost won. They won last week, but those are games that they're losing. Like those yeah. are games they're trailing in the, in the fourth quarter, the second half. That seems, that seems incredible. I don't know if it's, uh, I mean, it's obviously a mix of them being good against the run and everybody being able to pass against them easily. But, um, 
Yeah, that's tough. I look at Chubb and he like screams out to me under eight thousand in on the slate. But you're right, like that Jets that Jets run D just it hasn't worked. So they gave up in that span five games basically. They they didn't play in ten, so eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen weeks wise. Um, they gave up one hundred and forty nine rushing yards to the Seahawks. That game they lost forty to three. Um, yep. Now granted, forty to three included some wacky stuff. Like it wasn't just all right. offensive points anyway. Um, they gave up 46 rushing yards to the Chargers, 94 to the Dolphins. These are just to running backs. 67 to the Raiders and 65 to the uh, Rams. One rushing touchdown in that span and zero receiving touchdowns. It's crazy. It's, uh, it, it, every week we talk about it, you're like, oh, running back against the Jets, you know, with a lead, great game script, and it just doesn't work. But uh, – I don't know. I uh, the my, the one guy that I, I might have to do it with is Nick Chubb because <laughs> I, I I love Nick Chubb. I love this offensive line. I mean, this offensive line is really really good. And we were talking about it on they played they played Sunday night. They were talking about their offensive line coach how good he. I mean, it just they they just mow people over. They're they're blocking really well. Hunt and Chubb you know have had some big games, but uh, it'll be interesting. It's kind of one of those things like the stats line up to the the Jets run D is really good, but uh, the, the game script and the offensive line matchup it'll be a it'll be an interesting matchup. I think that uh, I think Chubb hits one though for a, a, a good chunk play. I mean, he certainly could. I'm just not expecting him to be that popular. Um, I think that they're matchup wise and certainly price since he's the most expensive. Is he the most expensive? Uh, he's the yeah. most expensive that I consider. I don't know if there's anybody that's hurt or anything. But yeah, he's no, the he's the most expensive. expensive. I mean, not counting McCaffrey, who we're not expecting to play. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah, I think like as crazy as it sounds, I think the guys below him will be much more popular. Like I think including Montgomery, um, I think. Austin Eckler will, should be really popular. Um, yep. He's 7,600 on DraftKings. Like, um, Miles Sanders, who... Love Miles. Love Miles Sanders this week. Yeah, like, we uh, loved him last week, and, of course, it was the Jalen Hurts show. But um, against Dallas is just... Yep. That's, like, an ideal matchup. Um, so, like, there are a lot of guys you can play. And, I mean, that doesn't even count uh, Tony Pollard on the other side of that game if Zeke doesn't play. Um, yeah. Like there, there are enough guys to play that I'm not sure you need to take the most expensive one in like a not perfect matchup. So talk to me about Eckler. Uh, he, he's played four games since he returned from injury. Uh, his DraftKings points have been 23.9, nice, 10.8, not so nice, 23.6, 11.9. Last week he was 13 for 60, but had like that he had like a 30 yard run late that kind of boosted up those numbers. He looked really kind of he didn't, he didn't look bad. The offensive line just looked bad early. He was getting hit early. Uh, that was the game against the Raiders uh, on on Thursday. He had four targets, four catches. He's tough because, like, if he gets those 10, 11 targets, he really starts to work, especially in PPR. But if he gets four targets, he doesn't work anymore because he's not a guy that's really feeding at the goal line. Like, he gets some goal line carries, but he's not, you know, that guy you expect to get, you know, two touchdowns in close, you know, like Leonard like Leonard Fournette did. Um, it was so gross. Um, only one touchdown in the year. I know he missed, missed a bunch of time, but only one touchdown from a top running back is, you know, not something you'd love to see. I just think it's tough. I mean, it has to work out where they throw a bunch of passes. And if, you know, it was weird last week because Keenan Allen was hurt and kind of half played and it was, uh, you know, not very involved. Mike Williams was on limited counts. You would have thought like Eckler would have been peppered with targets, but it just didn't happen. It was, it was Hunter Henry. It was Jalen Guyton. It was Tyron Johnson. Um, Basically everybody else. (laughs) Everybody else. Yeah. Uh, Devin Singletary and Zach Moss uh, beat this Denver defense up pretty badly. Denver defense is really banged up. They're bad right now. Uh, 21 for 149. Um, I really want to love Eckler, but I'm a little bit worried about the four targets last week. But uh, he's uh, it's certainly a good spot. Yeah, I'd like to consider it uh, an outlier more than like a 
the, a new change. Um, and I think, I think that's fair too. Uh, I, I mean, I think he'll be popular, but like, I don't think you actually like, you have to have him. I mean, we're, we're going to talk about a lot of running backs. I think you can play this week. Um, I mean, we already talked about Chubb and, and Montgomery and they're basically similarly priced. Yep. Um, so like, I think, th- I think they're all fine. Uh, I don't think you can go wrong. Like last week was kind of a weird week because, um, like everybody should have played Tony Pollard. Like he should have been a hundred percent owned everywhere. There were just um, so many options last week. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like he was the easy one. Um, and so there were some people who like stuck with Leonard Fournette, but, um, <laughs> I saw a bunch of things on Twitter about how uh, Pollard was much lower owned in, in low stakes than high stakes. And everyone was like, well, that's because sharper players like figured it out. But um, I mean, maybe that's the case. I, I mean, obviously we know that, or we assume that most of the sharper players are playing higher stakes, but um, right. like, it, I think uh, I forget who it was, but somebody was saying how like uh, the reason Pollard like wasn't that popular is because he wasn't touted that much. And it's like, well, when you're a Saturday scratch in terms yeah, of Elliot, like, yes, you're not yeah. going to get touted that much. And there are plenty of like NFL is probably the most recreational DFS sport in terms of like participation. Like there are yep. plenty of people, mo- many more people who are just going to be like, I'll just throw 20 bucks in and like no problem. And they'll do it on Wednesday and not think about it again until uh, on, on Sunday or, and even if they do check, it's like, well, let me just make sure everybody's in. Right. Um, that doesn't mean they, they're going uh, back out. So um so last week was easy if you had the Pollard news because we knew like you're probably paying up like Henry was really popular and then all the yep. uh, Dalvin Cook wasn't, which is kind of like what we thought on Friday. Everybody and then you had, I mean, you had Kamara who became really popular once Michael Thomas exactly. was out. You had Jonathan Taylor against Houston. I just think there were so many options at running yeah. back. I, I, was, I was flipping through. I was actually paying attention. I was looking at my sheet from last week. Um, there's just a lot of guys that were, that were playable. And if you played – four receivers like in a DraftKings tournament type setup there were just there were only two spots of running back and I just found myself I played Pollard on some but I found I'm not doing it on everyone because there were like there were just so many guys that I didn't want to play also yeah and and but I think you generally like once you had Pollard there was a pretty basic lineup construction that you were going with because you weren't paying so much for three running backs like my first build last week was uh Henry Taylor Camara and like you're yeah. That, it's tough to build from there, but then all of a sudden, when you have Pollard, like everything opens up, and we don't have hey, like. Hey, Michael Gallup scored for you though. That's right. <clears throat> I didn't end up with him. Uh, I ended up playing uh, Lynn Bowden Jr. That's right. That's who was fine. I mean, he was fine. Yeah, he had um, like seven or eight targets. He was all right. But like this week, I think there are cheaper guys, but like they're not nearly as good as Pollard, and so. Um, I think there will be plenty of cash lineups with like two of these expensive running backs, but like, I don't know if you necessarily have to do it. So like construction is definitely tougher this week only because we don't, Pollard wasn't like a free square by any means, but at least when you had like a safer pay down running back, that really opens things up elsewhere. And there are pay down running backs this week, but they're not Tony Pollard. And so I wonder if that will just make more people pay up for these guys because they know what they're getting. So let's let's jump to Pollard since we're talking about him. He's up to 6,500 on DraftKings. They're playing Philadelphia this week, uh, who who played pretty well against the run last week against Kenyon Drake and, and Chase Edmonds. But Pollard was I mean, it was obviously huge to the price. He was 12 for 69, two touchdowns. Granted, he had that 40-yard touchdown at the end. He was His line was really ugly yeah. running-wise, running-wise before that. But the key to me was not the running line. It was how they used him in the passing game. I think it was the most important thing. If you were watching that, and I watched that game. They played the Niners, so I watched the whole game. 
he had nine targets and they were like setting up plays for him. It wasn't just like pure dump downs. Like they were setting up him on the outside trying to get him in space. It was very clear to me that with Tony Pollard in the game, they were trying to use him in the passing game, which they don't really do with Zeke. I mean, it happens sometimes. Every once in a while he gets those big target games. But um, it seemed to me like they were they were game planning to get Pollard in space. If they're going to do that, like that, that if you're going to get nine targets, like that is that is a huge for a running back. It doesn't really matter. The 12 carries are fine if you get those nine targets. Yeah, like if you saw his stat line and Austin Eckler's and you were like, yeah. who's is who's, like you yeah, would have exactly. flipped them easily. Right. Um, so yeah, like it's weird to say this, but like, I'm definitely interested in Pollard at 6,500, and I have no interest at Zeke at 67. Oh, I don't, I don't think that's that crazy. I mean, I, <laughs> Zeke, that that they, it looks different when Pollard's out there. And I'm not saying he's better or whatever. Maybe Zeke's not not healthy, but like the way their offense is set up right now, it just feels like Pollard's a little better fit for what they're doing. Um, you know, which is not running the ball up the middle 30 times a game behind that off, awesome offensive line where they were two years ago. Whereas right. like you could have put anybody in there, and he was rolling, and, and Zeke was like a perfect fit for that offense. Yeah. Um, I still think you just find the money for Miles Sanders, though. I do too. I mean, I think I think the question is, you know, who do you play with Sanders more than you know who do you play instead of Sanders? Sanders is seven thousand on DraftKings. Uh, the touch has been up the last two weeks, eighteen each of the last two games. But you know, Dallas is allowing four point nine yards per carry to running backs, thirty first in the NFL. Um, it's it just it's a nice mix with him and Jalen Hurts. You, you, we talked about it, you know that running quarterback. You kind of have to have a spy on that guy with someone like Sanders who's so explosive. Like that's such a great that's a great mix. Uh, he didn't do a lot last week. He was 17 for 64, one catch for 27 yards. But, um, you know, they kind of got in a back and forth a little bit. Arizona had to catch yeah. up. They got down early and then had to catch up. And they ended up – Hurts had a huge game. Um, yeah, Sanders at 7,000 this week uh, was my favorite running back uh, by a pretty good margin when I when I looked at the slate. There's some guys below uh, 7,000 that – Talk to can... me. Let's do it because I don't, I don't love a lot of guys down here as much as I do normally. I, I think they're all guys like you could play and nobody you're really that excited about. Yeah. Um, I mean, we have a $6,100 running back who had 100 receiving yards last week on 11 catches, 11 targets. Freaking David Johnson. I mean, home against Cincinnati. Obviously, Cincinnati coming off that huge win against uh, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I ever consider david johnson above like 5500 like i feel like i'm paying up for david johnson now yep. and that never feels good he hadn't had more than four targets in a game all year <laughs> it's freaking 11 and he caught all 11 like I, it's funny i i, I kind of half watched that game and then i went back and watched it and you look at it, it's just weird how that happened. Like, I just don't know. I mean, they were they were close with uh, with Andy the whole game. It's not like they were way behind, just dumping down. And, you know, nice game script this week, nine-point favorite. I just don't think I can do it 6,100. If it was, like, regular targets every week, it just seems like – you mentioned the outlier with Eckler. Like, this is, like, the biggest outlier I've seen all year. I mean, it's just crazy that – no, anyway, they were using the passing game. Even without Will Fuller. I mean, you know, Will Fuller's not there, so that changes things. But 11 targets, I don't – I mean, he was eight of twenty-seven rushing and had a huge game. Like it's just, it's it's crazy. And I mean, the Bengals allow four point nine yards per carry there. They're right, they're right with uh, with Dallas and that stat. But I think I'm happy he got priced up sixty-one hundred because I think that makes it uh, easier for me to not take him. Oh, okay, I like that call. Yeah. I like yeah. that. But like, if he was fifty-five hundred, like I'd be like, oh my god, I guess I have to do it. But I don't, I don't think I can do it this week. Um, I'm gonna skip down quickly because please do. Um, it's in this game. Uh, Gio Bernard at 4,800 against the Texans. Running backs against Houston. It's been like a formula all year. Like you would think that the minimum salary for a running back against Houston should be 5,500. 
Yeah. It's just that they played Monday night and he had his big game on Monday night after the, after the salaries came out the week before he got benched for fumbling once, which yeah. is great if you're like going to someone good, but they went to Samaj P. Ryan. Like it just makes no sense. But, and he's like, he's been in the NFL for 35 years. Like yeah. benching him after a fumble is not doing anything. And he's not a guy that fumbles. Like it's just, it was right. so strange, but I really wish Bernard was like 6,000 so I could just get past him too. But like, <laughs> He was good. I mean, he was good in, in fantasy-wise against Pittsburgh because he scored twice. He was 25 for 83. It's not like he was lighting it up. I mean, that's uh, it's a lot of carries for only 83 yards. But he played 38 snaps. He had 26 touches. Like, that's a crazy percentage of times we touched the ball that he was in the game. The issue here is game script. Like, they got up against Pittsburgh big, or they were 17 nothing, I think, in that game, or 17-3. Yeah. Um, you know, they haven't been up like that probably all year. Even when Joe Burrow was playing, they had back-and-forth games. But... Houston's allowing 21 points per game to running backs, which leads the league fantasy-wise. Uh, Jonathan Taylor wasn't huge against them last week, but 83 yards and a touchdown was, you know, workable. 4,800 is just really, really low. I think that's what, like, it comes down to. Like, you're – if you don't play him – I'm not saying, like, you have to play him. But if you don't play him, you have to look at – if you're looking for some sort of cheaper running back. Right. Um, the options are – fairly ugly um like i i really wish jk dobbins was the guy yeah um, i mean yeah it's, it's gus edwards still 11 touches last week and dobbins looks good he was what 11 for 14 for 64 and a, and a nice 17 yard catch but he's got 15 touches it's hard to do it at 6200 yeah he's been like incredibly consistent like he's yeah. it's like uh more than 13 points on draftings in four straight games if you like, gave me if you gave me twenty two touches, he would be like the biggest slam dunk for me. Like it just he's I think he's so good in an offense where you know again you have a running quarterback that takes the attention away. They use him in the red zone, you know sometimes. Uh, I'd love him if he was just uh, if Gus Edwards just kind of went away a little bit. Yeah, it's weird. Like you, I think he should be like like in this matchup if he was getting twenty something touches, like he should be seventy five hundred. Like he should be yeah. in that Montgomery range. Yeah. But then, he's got he's got the explosiveness plus the touches. It'd be, it'd yeah. be huge. But. But sixty two hundred almost seems too expensive for like limit or you know shared work. Um, like I mean, nine touches wouldn't be crazy. Like it's possible, right. and you you think he's probably gonna get fourteen to fifteen, but like the game goes a little bit weird. He gets he gets eight to ten. You're like, oh, I don't want that. So. Right, and he would be a classic guy for us to break off a long run, get tackled at the one, and then Edwards comes in and finishes it. Of course. So. What about uh, I, there's one guy I do really like down here, and it's gross to say out loud, but I'm not gonna say it yet. Uh, I want to talk about Melvin Gordon. He's 5,600. He's another guy, though. Like, if if there was no Philip Lindsay, I'd actually – I think Gordon has looked good the last three weeks, which is – you know, I never think Melvin Gordon looks good, which is weird. But yeah. he has 17, 16, to 15 touches the last three weeks, over 80-plus total yards in all three of those games, um, but hasn't topped 35 snaps the last four weeks. Uh, you know, he has nine touchdowns. Philip Lindsay has one. So they clearly use him in the in the, in the, uh, in the goal line uh, situations. He just becomes super TD dependent with the usage. Like he has to score to work because they just don't give him like another guy though. If like Dobbins, if he had like 22, 23 touches, I'd probably do Melvin Gordon in this matchup. But um, you know, they're they're underdogs to the Chargers. Their Drew Locke is a freaking mess right now. They've turned the ball over 18 straight games, which is their <laughs> franchise record. It's like I think once in there they have a clean the clean sheet there, but it doesn't happen. But so you go up about 200 bucks at 5800. How do you not? entertain Le'Veon Bell this week with uh, with Clyde Edwards Elair out with his injury um Bell was 15 for 62 to touchdown last week it's a really tough New Orleans run D um they are the they'll be the highest team implied total on the slate the you know the Chiefs are offense is obviously awesome 
They are uh, their big favorites. Were they like nine and a half, ten point favorites against Atlanta? He hasn't looked explosive, but a lot of work in a high scoring offense uh, under six thousand. Um, Atlanta rush D is better than their pass D. But uh, what do you do with Bell this week? Because I, I I saw you roll your eyes and move your head and every other uh, bodily function you could do on a on a on a Skype chat. Uh, what do you do with Bell this week? I think I mean he like checks every box that you want. In he actually kind of he actually kind of looked okay last week. He did the touchdown. He looked spry yeah. even. Yeah, spry. Um, I haven't used that word about Le'Veon Bell. <laughs> so the uh, the Chiefs have a thirty-two and a half point implied total, and the next highest is twenty-eight and a quarter. Like they're so, so that, much higher than everybody else. Uh, Cleveland is the next highest. Um, yeah, I think at that at that price, like if Bell wasn't there. And it was Edwards Elair. Like we'd probably play him and he's been awful. <laughs> like, um, like if I told you that the bell gets, uh, let's say 17 touches. You yeah. Use him at the price. Yeah. No, you, I think you, I do too. You definitely play him. Uh, and I, I think that's probably about what he'll get. Right. Um, do you think they, do you think they use him more than, like more than Edwards Elair? You know, from watching their games, it feels like it. It feels like they trust him a little bit more. Little I don't bit, know. Right? It yeah. seems like it seems like Ch kind of gets lost in offense a little bit. And you know, he showed a, he showed a few flashes last week too, which is disappointing that he got hurt because he kind of he made some moves. I'm like, oh, there's the guy that you know the the low center of gravity, shifty guy that we're like, oh, that's the guy's going to fit well in this in this in this offense. And he had a couple big plays or a couple good plays, and then like here it is. And then he had the he had the bad injury, and we don't know if he's going to be able back be back in the playoffs or not. But yeah, I feel like they trust Bell a little bit more, and they, they I mean, last week that, uh, you know, the Saints played them like, okay, well, we're going to play, you know, six safeties deep, and you just go ahead and go underneath and run, and it, you know, it kind of worked for a little bit, and Mahomes had a 5.4 YPA last last week, his lowest of his whole career, and um, I think defenses have to play that way, it's the only way to slow them down, I think that at some point, the Chiefs are going to have to take that, and with the way the Falcons are bad against the pass, you would assume that they're going to play the pass and, and let them run, and um, it's just a matter if the Chiefs want to take it or not. The the biggest benefit of playing Le'Veon Bell is not having to play David Johnson. It's a really good point. My the, my benefit would be like you don't play any of these guys down here except for him. Like well, I just, that 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 could also be the case. Yes. Yeah, I just like uh, I like Melvin Gordon the way he's playing, but you know with the touches and you mentioned J.K. Dobbins, you mentioned David Johnson. Like I I was looking for a way to get away from those guys, and Bell just might be it. What year would you think it was if I told you in week 16 we were playing Gio Bernard and Le'Veon Bell on DraftKings? And David Johnson. <laughs> and, and Melvin Gordon. Like, if not for mentioning J.K. Dobbins in there, who was like 11 when these guys were good. Like, right. it's just, uh, it's weird. So the, we talked about Bernard. The other guy down here I think we have to mention. Weirdly enough, the Falcons, uh, Raheem Morris came out this week and said, oh, by the way, Ito Smith's our starter at running back, which is, Ito Smith hasn't done anything. Like, I guess Todd, Todd Gurley's looked terrible. Don't get me wrong. Nothing with Todd Gurley. But it just seemed weird that it was like a very bold and statement like he's our starting running back now out of nowhere. I mean, his, his carries last four weeks have been 12, 9, 11, and 6. So like, getting some work, but not to the point where, like, we've got we've to gotta give him the keys to the offense because he's been so good. But he's 4,000 on DraftKings. The announcement came out after, you know, prices have been set. Tough game script, though. They're at Kansas City. They're the other side of this Le'Veon Bell game. But – Kansas allowed nearly 150 total yards per game to backfields. Uh, not a lot of big running back one games, but a lot of like combo backfields or guys out of the backfield. Um, I don't know if there's a, if they're behind and they're dumping the ball down and Matt Ryan, you know, he, he, Julio Jones probably won't play again. We don't know for sure, but I don't think he's going to play. Um, 
I know. Edo Smith's min price. What do you think? Um, that's what I right there. That's what I think. <laughs> that like sigh of like, damn it, I wish he wasn't four thousand is exactly what I think. Yeah, I I will do everything I can not to buy into a Falcons backfield. Mm-hmm. And this is somebody that like was talking about Gurley two weeks ago. Um, so <laughs> you love you love the Falcons. Yeah, I uh, I think there's just like too much uncertainty. They potentially could get absolutely blown out, and we're having to like need seven or eight catches from Ito Smith is like not a position I want to be in. Yeah, I think that's fair. It was just really strange that, yeah. uh, strange that it was, he came out like it was out of nowhere. And I was like, all right, he's the guy. I mean, he was, he was six for 24 last week and 11 for 42 the week before that. It's not like he was like flashing with some big yeah. plays. Like, Oh, we gotta get this guy the ball more. It's just, um, I guess it says a lot about Todd Gurley more than anything. <sighs> uh, since we're talking about Todd Gurley, I'm going to bring up, bring back Melvin Gordon since I always mix them up. And I want to thank you, <laughs> For not making fun of me because he actually does have the revenge game this week. And he he does. Yeah, no, I know. I should have, but I decided I, I joked about it once with you. I was <laughs> do you do anything with the Rams rushing attack? Uh, you know, I use attack uh, mildly, but Cam Akers is hurt. He has a high ankle sprain. Probably not going to play this. I would say definitely not going to play this week. Yeah. Um, I just don't see anything here. Like Darrell Henderson had that chunk of carries like weeks three to seven or so. He's like 14 carries in four or five games, but. He played seven snaps each of the last two weeks. I know the Acres had taken over, but like they don't really seem super fired up to get him super involved. Yeah, Acres was like the only one I wanted to play throughout this yeah. season. Like he just wasn't playing. Like the number of it felt like I wrote fifty showdown line or showdown articles. Like Cam Acres starting to come out, and it just like never happened. There was I remember that one specifically when Sean McVay was like, "We're going to get him the ball a lot," and he played yeah, one I snap. Think- I think yeah, I was gonna say I don't. I think it was like it's the Niners. I think too. I think I don't yeah. think he played the whole first half. It was the um, so like Acres is one that I would consider uh, if he was healthy. Um, although I'm not even sure I really want him at 6,300 against Seattle. Like I, it seems like a game that should be back and forth, and I don't want the running attack. And so the, weird, the possibility weird, of split work is not there. You think Rams Seahawks? You're like oh back and forth, but like weirdly these defenses are playing better and the yeah. offenses are kind of not playing well. It's a strange. I, I looked at that game too, and I'm like, "Oh, that's gonna be a big game." And I started going through players. I'm like, "Oh, I don't really want that many of them." It was, uh, it's weirdly more of a defensive battle than you would have thought. You would have thought maybe earlier in the year. They're definitely priced up, yeah. as if they're still like offensive teams. But like, if this game has 80 points in it, nobody's like shocked. I'd be shocked with 80, 70, whatever. If really, if this game wasn't I, like 38, 35, like you're just like you're blown away that then. No, that, that's a good point. It's just weird. I mean, Seattle's just not playing like that. Yeah, right it's very like last week they're up twenty three on twenty to three on Washington and like fully went off the gas. It was and ended up not covering, which pissed me off anyway. But like they just they weirdly are going off the gas right now. You could and their percentage of plays that they they pass the ball in early downs is way down. And you know we kind of joked earlier about them you know running the ball and kind of going back to that the Pete Carroll mindset after that uh, the the four turnover game at Wilson, but. They've actually done it. Like it's really, yeah. it's really strange. But the one thing I want to mention, like you mentioned that McVeigh thing with Acres and and talking. Like when you play Edo Smith, you do that with the thought that you actually believe Raheem Morris too. Like you know, <laughs> coaches say things and you're like, it doesn't work out. Like if Edo Smith is you know six for eighteen in the first half, like I don't think they have any sort of feeling they have to like ride him the second half either. So like if you play him, you're believing that Raheem Morris actually says that, and maybe said that, but you're actually believing that he means it. Um, so it's another another step that I, I, I kind of am scared of Edo Smith because I don't know if I fully believe that they, they want him to touch the ball that much. Yeah, I mean, it just doesn't seem like like the Falcons' backfield is just not one we've thought about all season. 
I don't really want to play Bernard, but I play Bernard over Eo Smith. Yeah. Okay, great. I agree. They're both under 5,000, so yeah. that like kind of makes it. So, Any of the running backs you want to mention before we hit the passing games? Um, we didn't we talk did. about Mike Davis at all. I don't think anybody's going to play Mike Davis, but I don't think he's that bad. I just don't like his usage lately. He only played 37 snaps last week. They don't seem to be riding him like they were earlier in the they're year. Definitely not, yeah. Maybe they figured out he's maybe not that good and they're shifting away. And McCaffrey still is wanting to play. I don't know why they put McCaffrey out there. It'd be really strange for him to play. The only guy I want to mention is is James Robinson, you know, the guy that we've loved a lot of the year. He had a, he had an ankle sprain late last week. It sounds like he's kind of leaning towards playing. As of this morning, they're they're thinking he's expecting him to play. Uh, going against the Chicago D didn't like jump out to me as a guy that I love, but 6,800, you know, under 7,000, he's he's very involved. I just think it's hard for me to get him in when I like Miles Sanders so much more at $200 more. It seems like every week we're just like, the matchup isn't that great, and then he has like another yeah. 25 points. But, yeah. Um, he, did do, he didn't do a lot last week and then got hurt, but I think that the ankle might be enough to yeah. maybe move me away this week. Didn't make the Pro Bowl. Did not. It's crazy. I, like, it says enough. It says everything about the Pro Bowl. I guess you need right there because like James Robinson, James Robinson should be in the Pro Bowl. It's absurd. Just absurd. Yeah. Uh, so let's hit, jump into the passing games. But first, a note from our sponsor, BetMGM. Sports bettors know that magic happens when you turn a hunch into action and apply the right amount of expertise. That's why BetMGM is teamed up with RotoWire to offer new BetMGM customers a free six-month RotoWire subscription when they place their first bet. Register on the BetMGM app or website and use the promo code Roto. That's R O T O to claim your free subscription. Once you make your first sports wager, you'll receive a season's length of RotoWire's unmatched sports insights. Find out why BetMGM is the king of sportsbooks by signing up and playing, placing your first bet today. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years of old, of age or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, Nevada, Tennessee, and West Virginia only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER, New Jersey, and West Virginia. In Tennessee, call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer is not available in Nevada. So passing game, I think this week, Andrew, starts uh, with talking about Patrick Mahomes. Like uh, 8,500 at DraftKings, playing against the Falcons. Um, the first like kind of down week last week, and he still had three passing touchdowns. So when you saw down week from Mahomes, he, I don't know if you watched much of that game, but he had that play where he was like backing up and hit someone in the corner of the end zone that was like, I was like, oh, he's throwing the way. There's nobody open. I was like, oh my god, how did that happen? Like, it was Hardman, wasn't it? It was Hardman. I don't know how they how they saw. I, I don't know how he saw him. I don't know how it worked. <laughs> like it was the play was dead, and like, he's just, he's just so damn good. But um, five point four YPA last week is career low. We talked about it earlier. The Saints very much played him uh, against the deep ball, and they were it was a very clear strategic decision, and kind of how the Niners played in the Super Bowl until they fall apart late. But like like that's the the blueprint of how you. You don't stop them, but you slow them down, less possessions, et cetera. Um, the Falcons have been better against the pass, but they've faced a lot of weak quarterbacks lately. Tom Brady smoked them last week in the second half, 390 yards and two touchdowns. He had like 60 yards in the first half or something crazy. I mean, he just, uh, you know, as he does against the Falcons, got pissed off in the second half. I guess my thing with Mahomes is it all depends on how you build your team, but like he sticks out as, as clearly the like number one quarterback on going to be on every projection system this week. Yeah, so – We'll talk about the other ones, but like, it feels like everyone is expensive. Um, potentially, yeah. I don't want to say they're overpriced, but on a ten-game slate, like you're not, you're probably trying to play one of these more expensive ones because obviously the best ones on the slate. 
But like we just don't normally have, what is it, six that are over, that are at least seven thousand on DraftKings. Yeah, and they and they moved Hurst up to, up to that range. Yeah. yeah, so it feels very strange to say. I think all of these quarterbacks are too expensive, except for Mahomes, who's the most expensive. Like I think he's actually right. underpriced. Um, no, I think that makes sense. I mean, he's he's the clear class of this group, and you know, if the Falcons have been better lately, but they still have allowed the most completions over twenty yards yeah. of anybody in the NFL. So, like, it's a prime hit a couple of uh, hit a couple of big plays. I guess the and the thought with the Chiefs is always like, oh, they're gonna get up, they gotta get up, but they they still throw the ball. And, you know, the last like the second half of the season, they've clearly thrown the ball even with leads. Um, you know, they haven't covered the spread in six straight weeks. The Falcons? No, the Chiefs. Oh, the Chiefs. They keep getting up and kind of letting teams back in the games. I mean, last week the Saints scored with like two minutes left to, to not cover the spread. They pushed in that game. And the week before they were up and gave up a touchdown late too. They just, uh, they've kind of gone off the gas, especially on defense in the, in the fourth quarters of games. Were they, they were seven point favorites with, with Miami, right? Yes. That was the game. They did not, they won by six, right? Yes. So they, they got up and I saw like multiple people tweeting like that line was ridiculous. Yep. Like they're, they should have been so much higher. And then the game ends and you're just like, this is why those guys make so much more money than us. Yeah. I, uh, I had the chiefs in that game minus six and I was like, Oh, well that one works. Let's move on to the afternoon yeah. game. And like, <laughs> Not so much. Yeah. yeah. I think, I think, I think I agree with everything you said about Mahomes. I, I I'm curious, like we talk about how quarterbacks like are always pretty spread out on slates. You know, I don't really stress about uh percentage ownership with, with quarterbacks, but I think Mahomes would be pretty damn popular this week. So, I was looking at the UF collective ones that we have on Rotowire, and let me uh, let me guess because I haven't looked yet. I'm gonna go like 17, 18 percent. They have Mahomes at twenty four percent. Wow, that is high for a quarterback. And the next highest is Jalen Hurts at nine. Like I, I think that I think that's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a clear clear number one with Mahomes this week. Yeah, um, which like we just went through running backs and. <laughs> To comfortably get Mahomes in, um, you're playing potentially two, like you're potentially playing Le'Veon Bell and Gio Bernard to get would Patrick you, Mahomes. In a tournament, would you do Mahomes with Bell or is that something you don't want to mess with? Yeah, I'd probably not do that. Yeah, um, I wouldn't either. Uh, there are cheap, like we'll get to wide receivers, but like we mentioned Hardman, like they're other than Tyreek and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, the Chiefs receivers are cheap, like for how ridiculously explosive that offense is. And so there are definitely ways to, uh, to but do they're that. also they're also correctly priced because aside from Hill and Kelsey, like none of them do anything. Like it's just they're just not consistent. Game, yeah, game by game, someone's gonna hit and someone's gonna score, but like Hill and Kelsey are so heavily targeted, it's hard to figure it out. I do uh I don't want to spoil run receivers, but I do like Hardman at a, a very cheap price this week. Totally agree nine, with you. Um, nine targets last week. So we were talking about how you want to, you would want to stack this game, um, but everyone is just really expensive. Because uh, if you do it, you want to come back with Ridley, and he's like eighty five hundred. Like it's right, just, like, uh, um, it's tough. I'm trying to pull it up quickly here, but the um, so like my blind stack thing that I do. Obviously, that game has, uh, or at least the Chiefs have the highest, or that that is a, the game with the highest total. But yeah, Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey, I assume is the highest on the blind slides. But and side. it's, but like so, it's actually Mahomes, um, Tyreek, and uh, Sammy Watkins and Kelsey. Like if you went like okay. all of them, 
Right. Um, they cost 31000 combined on DraftKings. The next highest stack is 26.2. Wow. Like they're five thousand dollars more than the, they're an entire player more. <laughs> um, is the there's just no way Se- to like, is the next one Seattle? Uh, the next one is it's Atlanta. Oh, all right. Because like they're because um, like, that probably includes uh, Julio though, who's not going to oh, play. Okay. So I, was, I figured it was Russell Metcalf and Lockett. All the Lockett's priced down now, but I was trying to figure out who the next one was. Yeah, it's uh, the Chargers are kind of expensive. Yeah, because and Allen's then it's Seattle. Out. Yeah. But just like so, oh, go ahead. the, so I think most people uh, are going to try to do like Mahomes and then the, like Hardman. We'll get to why in a little bit, but like, um, yeah, stacking this game is not going to be easy. But the easiest path to the uh, to the Chiefs' passing game is Mahomes. Like, yeah, it's, Tyreek uh, has I, a bad think... game. Kelsey has a bad game. Mahomes can still throw for three fifty and three touchdowns. So. I don't think Kelsey knows what a bad game is. <laughs> it's incredible. Eight plus catches in seven straight games. Like that's, there's three guys in the history of football that have done that. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's an, it's a crazy stretch of consistency. Yeah. I just hope that he ends up leading the league and receiving at this point. That'd be, like, that'd be awesome. I would yeah. like to see that too. So let's jump down to a couple of these cheaper guys. Uh, you know, and I say cheaper, they're still, they're still pretty expensive. Um, We've got uh, Lamar Jackson's eight thousand. Russell Wilson is seventy three hundred. Deshaun Watson seventy six hundred. Herbert seventy four hundred. Um, I like Deshaun Watson and Herbert probably of the group. I am not playing Russell Wilson. There's a, it's a uh, it's a rough stretch of stat games. They're playing against the Rams, who played play, he played him really well the first time. Um, if you do drop down from Mahomes, you can put Jalen Hurts in this group too. He's seven thousand now. Um, if you drop down from Mahomes, mate, you're playing Bell. You want to go something different. You want to save a thousand bucks. Who are you? Uh, who are you focusing on in this group? I think Lamar is better than all of them, but I don't know how you play Lamar if Mahomes is only five hundred more. Like, I think, yeah, that's, I think that's a really. It, it would have to be a build where you just are fading Mahomes and mm-hmm. want to be a little bit different. And um, you know, Lamar is uh, twenty-five plus points three weeks in a row. He kind of looks like a different guy. We talked about last week how he looked. You know, he looked really quick and you know, looks like Lamar the, again. Yeah, once he put the spikes on. Um, I like Deshaun Watson this week at 7,600. Um, he, he's not been a top, top quarterback since Will Fuller went out, but he's still two of those three games. He's over 300 yards. Last week, just a weirdly high scoring quarterback week. So he was really good last week. The only reason he wasn't top seven or whatever he was, um, over nine YPA in two of those three weeks. I just think Deshaun Watson's so good. The, the ceiling's probably a little, little more limited than I want without Will Fuller. Though. Like he was a big play guy that, you know, if he was going to have that huge ceiling game, it's because Will Fuller made a couple big plays, but um, good matchup. You know, I, I know they they played Ben Roethlisberger well last week, but Ben looked terrible. And um, they played bad quarterbacks last five weeks. So any stat you see with Cincinnati last five weeks, they played Ben, they played Andy Dalton, Tua, Daniel Jones, and Alex Smith. So, like, I'm not taking those stats really seriously. They were they gave some huge games before that. Um, I don't think I don't think many people are going to play Watson this week. And uh, I kind of like uh, I kind of like another 300 plus yard game. Do you have any concern that David Johnson has 25 carries? I literally couldn't even say without laughing. 11, 11 targets is all we need. As long as he's catching passes, I'm cool with David Johnson being involved. Right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, Deshaun makes sense every week. Like, it's, but he's uh, not. I mean, he's not. He's not cheap. He's not a value. He's seventy six hundred. Like, he's he's probably correctly priced. Um, I just think he's really good. But you know, you can go any of these guys in this range. I just Will, Wilson's wild. Like, I, I know we I know we hit on it real quickly. When we talked about Seattle and the Rams earlier, but he had so the first seven games of the year, he had three plus passing touchdowns in six of those seven. The seventh, he had two. So, like, still still was involved. The last seven weeks, he has one of those games. Wow. 
It was against the Jets. He had four against the Jets. The other six games, he has two or fewer. Like, we talk about them shifting philosophies, but, like, he's been a a top 12 quarterback once the last seven games. It's Russell Wilson. What was the point of this change? Like... I, I, he had that four turnover game and they're like, we don't want to like lose games like that. And like, if I, when I'm a, I'm obviously a Niners fan and we play Seattle, like they play us well, like all that. The thing I want is Russell Wilson, not running around and making plays. Like yeah. if I'm rooting for this game, I love when they hand the ball off and granted Chris Carson and Carlos Hyde are pretty good players and they, they do their thing and they could do it. But like, if you're going to give me less possessions, less time to worry about Russell, like as an opposing fan, I take that every time. I just totally. I hate what they're, I hate what they're doing right now. Yeah, no, it makes total like the more Chris Carson, the better for a 49ers fan. So, right. I mean, he had, and, and Wilson had 9.9 points against the Rams in week 10. And the Rams are the Rams defense is really good. I know last week did not show that against your Jets, but the Rams defense is good. He was 22 at 37 for 248, no touchdowns in week 10. Like, if you want to go contrarian GPP play, like Wilson Metcalf is the play this week because they're awesome players and no one's going to have them compared to normal. But um, I just I don't like anything I see out of the, the Seahawks offense right now. I totally agree, um, particularly when we have guys in the price range that we like better. Yeah. You know, it's like he's not a value. Um, Watson is obviously very good. Herbert. I don't know how I feel about Herbert anymore. I'll probably play Watson over Herbert. Um, yeah, the sneaky part about Herbert is like everybody's like, oh yeah, he bounced back nicely last week. He had that sixty-yard bomb in overtime, and then the rushing touchdown. And the rushing touchdown, yeah. like completely changed his line. Like yeah. it wasn't uh, suddenly it looked really good, but it wasn't looking that good till the end. And he got he got lucky with that. But uh, the Denver secondary is just so banged up right now. Like Josh Allen absolutely destroyed them last week, and they gave up. 300 yards just to receivers last week to Buffalo. Like Allen had four touchdowns, two running, two passing. Um, Teddy Bridgewater had 283 on the secondary the week before. And that says all right. You need to know right there. I I think the matchup is awesome for Herbert as a game with a three point favorites. Like could get back and forth a little bit if Denver can actually put up some points. But uh, I think Herbert is uh, for me is like the the matchup screams that uh, he's got to be at least considerable this week. I think the real consideration is, is this the week Jalen hurts throws for 300 yards or rushes for a hundred? Or both, right? Or both. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, the thing with Hurts is that he's priced up now. He's 7000 but he gets Dallas, who's a bad defense. And, I mean, you look at the last two weeks, he has 29 carries. That like, that game last week was wild. Yeah, I mean, he had 338 and three touchdowns passing. And we like, before the week before, we were like, well, as long as he runs the ball 12 times, he's got yeah. his rushing floor. But, like, oh, well, if he throws it for 340, like, that changes things up, too. And um, Still ran for 63. 20- Twenty nine carries, like I think, even if you take the yards and like the yards are great, but like if you get fifteen to eighteen carries, like that's just that builds in a floor that you just can't. I mean, he starts with like six points. He starts yeah. with sixty rushing yards, like as a dead floor if he's going to run the ball that much. So do you play him? It's a really good question. Like, what, um, do you think he's not better than Watson? Like, is a football player or no, 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 is like this? Like, this yeah. on this um, slate, yeah. Yeah, it's a good question. I like Watson, but six six hundred dollars less for a guy with that rushing floor against Dallas, it's hard to get away from Hurts in this range. It just uh, I want to say yes and be a little bit different, but uh, Dallas gave up ninety four rushing yards to Lamar, seventy four rushing yards to Kyler Murray. They can't stop running quarterbacks. Even better against quarterbacks lately, but you know Nick Mullins, Brandon Allen, I think that's his name, uh, Lamar and Alex Smith. Lamar's great, but like not passing wise. So like I don't really play into their passing stats because those are those are that's a group of really bad passing quarterbacks. Yeah. 
Um, you know, prior to that, Bannon and Kirk Cousins had three touchdowns each in the two games prior to that. So I don't buy the Dallas uh, passing game resurgence. It's hard to get away from Hurts at 7,000. You make a good point. Like, that's the way I feel. It, the pricing is very strange that we, I was saying, like, we have six guys priced from Hertz up. Yeah. Uh, and we only have two in the 6,000s on DraftKings. Like, wow. Like, if you don't play Hertz, um, like, 6,100 is the most you're going to pay for a quarterback. Um, and I don't know if you need to play Baker Mayfield at 6,100. Like, there's, there's no way I'm playing Ben Roethlisberger at any price at this point, <laughs> but 6,400 no, against the Colts. No way. I can't fathom even thinking about clicking that. And there's two guys down here that I, that I do am interested in. If I'm going to save some money and kind of build a different lineup. The first is Mayfield. I mean, 6,100 uh, passing game against the jets. We talked about all year. They cannot stop the pass um, last four weeks, 10 touchdowns, one interception, uh, three weeks in a row, over 297 yards. Um, he looks like a different guy right now, and you know it's a, it's a quick stretch, but he looks confident. Whereas early in the year, like you could tell, like he did not look confident. The Jets played well against Jared Goff last week, but you know that's Jared Goff, and we never know what we're going to get. Um, I guess how much will Cleveland need to throw is probably the biggest problem in this game. That, I think that's ultimately like what it comes down to. Like the Jets coming off a big win, but they're still a very bad football team. And they, they have two running backs they can lean on to, and they are a team that if they do get a lead, will take the air out of the ball a little bit more than most teams. You mean Gore and Johnson? I mean, Gore and Ty Johnson. <laughs> um, yeah, I think... By the way, I'm, I'm happy that Frank Gore didn't have an 0-16 year, and, and maybe his, if he if he finally decides to retire, I'm glad he didn't have an 0-16 year. So I'm, yeah, uh, I'm could not care less, but... Yeah, um, I know, yeah, but as a, as a 49er fan, I, I love Frank Gore, so I'm uh, most carries in NFL history. Yeah, maybe he'll get that one-day contract and retire as a 49er. Um, I hope so. I'd love to have him back. <laughs> um, if, he, if he wants to come back and play week 15, 16, and 74 this year, I'm good with that. <laughs> Please, please. Um, I like the cheaper guys. I don't think you're going like way down, but um, what do you think about Matt Ryan? Same thing I always think about Matt Ryan. Um, he's just frustrating. He's so up and down, so inconsistent. Uh, how much is Ryan? 5,800. In a game that he might have to throw 50 times unless Ito Smith gets 50 carries. I'd play Trubisky instead. I kind of like Trubisky. 5,700 against Jacksonville. Um, Jacksonville's allowed multiple passing touchdowns in eight straight games. Like, they're getting thrashed by quarterbacks. Even Lamar had 243 and three on them passing <laughs> last week. Not just running, passing. Um, the Matt Ryan, like, game script thing makes a lot of sense. I just, uh, I find it hard to trust him. And, um, you know, outdoors against Kansas City, I just, I don't see I play Trubisky instead. That's fair. It's the, the worst part is if you really want to stack that game, it's so much easier to do it with Ryan than, I mean, it's just like 2,900 cheaper. Yep. Um, or no, not quite that much. It's close though. But like 20, yeah, 27, yeah, 2,700, yeah. 27, yeah. Um, you could, you could, you could get a path that what you do is you play, you play Hill and Kelsey probably and try and really get a little different because nobody's going to be able to play Hill and Kelsey with Mahomes. So you play Hill and Kelsey without them and you hope that, you know, Hill gets a rushing touchdown and to kind of take away some of Mahomes' attention and maybe Mahomes only throws for 280. Like, right. there's pass you get. You play Ryan and it's hard to probably probably Ridley, Kel, Hill and Kelsey. Gage. It gets pretty, yeah, it gets pretty pricey pretty quick. But yeah, if you want to be a little different and still stack that that, that popular game, you know, Ryan maybe uh, could be a path to do that. I just, I don't know. I I'm kind of with you on the on the Matt Ryan lack of trust. Calvin Ridley also not a Pro Bowler. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um. 
There's a lot of good receivers, I guess, but yeah, he feels like a guy that should be there too. Feels like it, yeah. I'll be honest, I didn't even look at who actually made it. I just know that. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, I have to admit, you paid more attention to the Pro Bowl than I did, and you didn't even look at who made it. You just know who didn't make it. All right. No. Uh, Yeah, I think those are like if you don't play Hurts, I think it's like Hurts, Mahomes, and then Mayfield, because I think people were more likely to play Mayfield than Trubisky. I think that's coming off the the hot stretch and the matchup. I think that's I think that's correct. I thought I saw uh, a stat yesterday, which I, I don't remember how many it was, but I'm I believe the stat was that Baker Mayfield has zero incompletions when throwing into the end zone this season. Does he have interceptions or all completions? I think they were all complete. There were zero incompletions. I assume as, as interception is an incompletion, right? Yeah. I just didn't know if someone was being funny with their stuff. No, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I mean, these are like obviously passes when a receiver is already in the end zone. Maybe it's not the whole season. That seems impossible, but that's it does a pretty seem wild impossible. stat if it's true. Like, I'm yeah. trying to vision. He almost threw Austin, overthrew Austin Hooper last week. I'm trying um, to think of where I saw that. It was somewhere on Twitter. I, yeah. I'll have to look it up. Well, there's nothing ever wrong on Twitter. So <laughs> it had a graphic, though, so it had to have been real. Did it have one of those pop-ups like this might be fake news or anything? No, no, no. It was definitely there. <laughs> uh, let's jump into wide receivers. Uh, at the top, we have the the two guys in the in the highest total game. We have Tyreek Hill and Calvin Ridley. Um, I guess the question is, it, it kind of comes to how do you how you build your team, what you do at running back, what you do with Mahomes. But uh, you know, I don't think you can make an argument against either of these guys. They're both rolling right now. Ridley without Julio is an absolute beast. Um, 10 for 163, another touchdown last week on 14 targets. Uh, they're clearly peppering him when Julio does not play. He's been like, I think that's like five or six games now. He's been really good without Julio. Uh, Tyreek has 17 touchdowns, which sounds impossible to say out loud in, in week 16. Um, you know, last week was a little quieter. You know, he had scored early, but he only had six catches, but still had 10 targets. You're going to be double-digit targets with Mahomes in this game. Like, you got to love that. Um, all of it comes down to price, but I think both of them are very playable and be very good. Yeah, I think that's what it comes down to. Like, I at at their prices, um, and like cash games, there's no way you can play both. Like, you just yeah. can't do it. Um, I just, I just wonder how. Like, I think Hill will definitely be popular than Ridley. Like, I think you take the offense that's yeah. going to score more points, even though they have other weapons. Um, and I think a lot of people will just like click Mahomes and Hill, and then like build from from there, from there on out, and try to figure it out too. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, obviously having Mahomes and the scoring doesn't work. It's not apples to apples, but like having Mahomes at least gives you a little hedge if you don't have Hill. Cause like any, usually his touch, he does have a few rushing touchdowns, I guess this season, but, um, or at least one, uh, but two. he's got two. two. So you can sort of get away with not playing Hill. Um, but I think, yeah, like you said, like a lot of people are just going to go Holmes, Mahill, or Holmes, Mahomes and Hill yeah. and then work it out from there. Yeah. You go Mahomes, Hill, you put Bernard in there and all of a sudden you're starting to build from there. You get some middle price guys, but um, <laughs> what a great sentence that was. Yeah. <laughs> Throw in um, Bernard in your set. I was trying to think of the cheapest guy down there, but I didn't want to go Edo Smith. So let's get, let's get under 8,000 receivers. I think that Ridley and Hill are awesome. It's just a matter if you can afford them, but like, I don't think there's too much to talk about those guys. Uh, there's a there's a bunch of guys in the seven thousands here that think are interesting. You got Keenan Allen seven hundred, Allen Robinson seventy seven hundred, Metcalf is seventy eight. Um, do you have a preference down here? Like Metcalf's weird. Like he has one hundred yard game in the last six games. Like as the Seattle offense and Russell Wilson has gone, so has Metcalf a little bit. Um, I 
was looking basically looking for reasons not to play like what's do I really want to play this guy and I don't really want to play Metcalf I don't really want to play Keenan Allen man Allen Robinson looks good this week oh man 7700 is a lot revenge but, game but he uh that looks like a fun spot for him first uh, first game back in Jacksonville since he left ooh Robinson's weird. Like the floor, he's like the, the the floor from a receiver. You just don't get like this. He's just he's so consistent. Probably not a massive ceiling, but maybe playing Jacksonville changes that a little bit. I mean, he is uh, what was he four for eighty three and five targets last week, but he was huge the week before that. Double digit PPR points in twelve straight games. Like he just rock solid every week. Um, I think he likes playing with Trubisky more than Nick Foles, which is you know weird to say, but I think it's pretty clear that Trubisky forces balls to him a little bit more than Foles did. Uh, my favorite stat I think of the week is Jackson was allowed a 95 yards to a wide receiver in nine straight games. <laughs> That's like usually you see like four of five, yeah. five of six, four of six, nine straight games. A receiver has had a really has had a big game against them. It's it's a wild stat. And you wonder how they're in line for the number one pick in the draft. Yeah, it's uh, it's not. Yeah, it, they're they're really bad, and uh, you know, uh, Al Robinson is really good. He's not cheap though. Like you said, he's seventy seven hundred. So you have to. You usually we're like, oh, Al Robinson sixty eight hundred this week. Like easy, nice floor guy, nice play. But he's a thousand more than that uh, this week. Seventy seven hundred. It's uh, it's it's not cheap. One of the things uh, what you touched on, like the ceiling, just doesn't seem like that high. Four games ago, he had thirteen targets and two touchdowns, yep. and had twenty seven points on DraftKings. Like, that's a forty-point game for Tyreek Hill. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. And he had to, and he had to score twice. I think he had seventy-five yards. I mean, he, was, he was nine for one twenty-three and a touchdown two weeks ago. So yeah. like, there's some big games in there, but it's like it's just more of a, a solid. You, you know, you're getting you know seven for eighty-five, and you know you hope he, if he scores, it's a great game. If he doesn't, you're not quite getting there. But uh, it rock solid though. I mean, and dude's so good. Too. Yeah. So like, I basically threw out guys from that Seattle LA game. Like I. They're all expensive. They're all priced for ceiling. So, like, if you take out Metcalf and you take out Cup and you take out Woods, um, then the decision just get a little small. Like, that's how you end up with Robinson because you're like, Robinson is better than all these guys. Um, how much do you trust Baker Mayfield to keep Jarvis Landry involved enough for an entire game against the Jets? Um, I don't. I'd play Rashard Higgins instead if I did so. Oh, okay. So. All right. Uh, I like Landry, but I, at sixty nine hundred, I think they priced him up to the point. Yeah. He was fifty two hundred three weeks ago when he when he had that big game. He was on the Millie Maker uh, winning team. Uh, sixty nine hundred, I think, is a bit too. He's, he's peppered with targets, but they're you know he's not hitting deep balls usually. Um, the Jets are bad against wide receiver ones. I do get that, but I think he's priced to the point where I don't think he has quite the ceiling that I need for that price. Um, so I pay Higgins at forty eight hundred instead. Okay, that's fair. I think that's the right call too. Like I, it's another one like. I don't really like him, so maybe I'll just play Allen Robinson. It's funny, though. I looked at it. I'm like, I'm going to like Landry this week against the Jets, playing really well, ton of targets. I looked at the price. I'm like, oh, they, everybody thought so, too. And they right. the price up, <laughs> right. so. Fair enough. Um, I do like Woods, I think, a little more than you at 7,000. I think he's the one guy, uh, the one receiver here that I that I might play. Um, just consistent targets, 15, 12, 11, 8, 8 in the last five games. He usually gets a rush or two also. But, you know, Seattle hasn't allowed a 100-yard wide receiver since week nine after getting just killed earlier in the year. It's weird how they just – they flipped the switch. And I think maybe, you know, less possessions for the other team with the way they're running their offense too. But um, I think Woods at 7,000 is, is the right price and playable that price, but not someone that I'm, you know, fired up to play this week. But I, I, he's a consideration for me. Yeah, I think that's the right way to put it. Like, yeah. Which it doesn't really get you excited at 7,000, right? Right, right. I would just find the 700 for Allen Robinson. 
I think that's I think that's fair. Um, Terry McLaurin is in this range, 6,700. Uh, he was super active again last week after the two down weeks. He had 12 targets last week, seven for 77. I just, the quarterback situation, like Alex Smith is banged up. Dwayne Haskins is at Spearman Rhino right now. Um, it's just a weird, like, I, I don't know what's going to happen at quarterback. It's hard to play a receiver at 6,700, despite I think he's great and really, you know, I really like him, but I have no idea. I don't know who's going to play quarterback. I assume Haskins is going to get suspended or something for breaking protocol. And, uh Yeah, I don't know. It's... Uh, it's kind of messy there right now. I love McLaurin, but I don't know if I could do it with the with the quarterback situation. Um, I love a receiver in that game. DJ Moore? How do you not play DJ Moore at 5,800? The price, I mean, the matchup's tough, but like the price is way low for a guy that was, he has 90, everybody, people kind of rip on DJ Moore. I know we talk about it a bunch because I love him. He has 93 yards or more in seven games this year. It's like, yeah. that's a big number for that, that, that high yards. He was, he was six for 131 and eight targets in his return from COVID. And uh, the last four games, he has more yards than Anderson and Samuel do combined. Yeah. I mean, 5,800 is a slap in the face. It is. It's insulting to my boy. I'm, I'm, I'm personally insulted by it. Tough matchup, though. Uh, only 200-yard receivers all year, but they have, two of those have been in the last four weeks. Ayuk had 119 on them a couple weeks ago. Uh, they were really good against Metcalf and Lockett last week, so maybe that uh, gets people away and Washington's D is good. But, yeah. Under 6,000. I mean, the talent and, and, and targets are just, they're great for DJ Moore. I mean, I was just like, if you just start going down the list from McLaurin, I mean, like, I'm not playing Lockett. Um, the Pittsburgh guys, I just don't see a need to play against Indianapolis. Um, Brandon Cooks continues to be priced like he probably should be, but like we have said multiple times, like, yeah. he's a great floor play, but the ceiling is just like never there. Like you're probably gonna get six for sixty-eight, and and you're just gonna sit there like, yeah, that's that's what I paid for, and if he scores, you're doing all right. But if not, you're probably just kind of bummed out at the price. Right, right. And so you just like keep going down. Like there's Amari Cooper at fifty-seven hundred in a game they should be throwing, so that's fine. Ty against that really tough Pittsburgh defense. Like Kiki Kuti at fifty-four is like another. He's like fine. Coutine needs a touchdown to reach Cooks's floor. Like we, if <laughs> you could point. combine them, then you're great. Yeah. So like just anyone in this paydown group, um, I'm just like, why don't you just play DJ Moore? Yeah, I, I agree. I, Moore's bold and highlighted in my sheet, so I, I agree there. I do like. He just starts uh, that way, I think, though, right? Like yeah, it doesn't. He, he does start that way. It's very rare that I actually unbold him. But um, <laughs> at 5800, I'm definitely not unbolding him. Um, so a couple guys you mentioned that range that I just want to hit on. Um, Tyler Lockett, eight straight games under 70 yards. Like, it's, it's wild. One touchdown in that stretch. He has two, three touchdown games this year, and now he has one touchdown in the last eight games. Like, it, since that Arizona game, he has been, like, worthless fantasy-wise. Yeah. It's, it's wild. Um, I do like Deontay Johnson. I know that's going to not going to be a surprise to you also. It's just, like, he just the, – the targets are insane. He had 13 more targets on Monday night. Like, I know he drops the ball sometimes. I do get that. Uh, my biggest concern is that Ben's just not throwing the ball downfield. That touchdown to Deontay was the only pass he completed over 10 yards on Monday night. Like wow. that, that that next gen stats little map that comes out with all the passes. He had one ball past 10 yards that was completed. That's it's wild, crazy. And it was the touchdown to Deontay, so that that did help. But 8.59 a touchdown, 13 more targets. I think the price is really good on and Deontay six man. I think he's playable there. Uh, Indy allowed uh, two wide receiver touchdowns last week to Houston. Your boy Chad Hansen had that nice uh, broken coverage touchdown. Uh, Aguilar had 100 yards in the touchdown in week 14. Kuti and Hansen are both over 100 yards. Week so I think Indy um, pasties, that's something I'm too afraid of. I like Deontay at 6,300, but 
if you wanted to stay away from the Pittsburgh offense in general, I, I wouldn't argue very hard with you. Roethlisberger is like the opposite of Aaron Rodgers with the drops, right? Like, it's like, oh, you dropped one. Let me give you three more opportunities. And <laughs> exactly. Rodgers is like, I'll see you in six weeks. Yeah, exactly. You and my family get ostracized at the side over here. Right. <laughs> um, sorry, dark joke. Um, Cooper's interesting at 5700. Like, they priced him way down. He was really quiet against the Niners. Uh, three targets, two catches for 10 yards, which is odd. And that game, that game was weird in general. They were like, it was all Pollard and then the gallop early until he got hurt. But um, he had scored three in a row and had double-digit points in PPR at 11 of 13 before that. So he's been a really consistent guy. And um, I think the key here is Darius Slay. Uh, Darius Slay played really well against Cooper the first matchup, and he's a guy that Cooper's had trouble with. I was, was struggled against him the, the, year, uh, the year prior to. Um, he's questionable with that the concussion protocol. Um, if Slay doesn't play, I get pretty interested in Cooper at 5,700 uh, pretty quickly. Do you like him more than Russell Gage? It's a good question. How Gage is uh, fifty one hundred and had ten targets last week. Played sixty snaps. Um, yeah, I'd probably I'd probably go down to Gage at fifty one hundred just because Atlanta's gonna have to throw the ball a lot this week. I uh, I'd probably go to Gage, but based on the usage last week, you're right. Yeah. So like I like barely watched the early slate of games last week, and I had Gage in my cash lineup all week, and eventually tinkered out of him on Sunday. I think, he, like, I think uh, he scored like, like he scored like six minutes in. And like the first text message I get after the game start is you all caps gauge, and I'm like, <laughs> ah, god. Um, it turned out to be fine. But... I actually thought you had him, otherwise I wouldn't have said. That. No, no, no. Of course, I mean, I did have him until yeah. that morning. Uh, that was not a that was not a rub it in. Uh, <laughs> Dino. I was actually like happy for you. But... Yes, no. Um, it turned out to be perfectly fine anyway. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think gauge. I mean, you have like Gage and Watkins. Like, this is how you stack this game comfortably with Mahomes, Gage, and Watkins. Comfortably in, in quotes. Yeah. Um, Salary. If, Gallup, if Michael Gallup does not play, uh, 5,300 for CD Lamb, who looked good again last week, seven targets, five for 85, had the kickoff return for a touchdown, too, on the onside kick. But um, he hasn't done a lot, but like the targets have been up a little bit last four weeks, seven, nine, then he had the two good targets, and then the seven again. Um, I think he's live if Gallup sits. It's kind of a a big play PPR or a GPP kind of guy. Yeah, GPP for sure. Um, I mean, he makes for a perfectly fine like run back if you go with. Uh, although I don't know who you're taking Philly pass catchers, but Hurts with CD Lamb have, coming I have, back. I have the answer to that question coming up later. Oh, all right, great. Um, so there you go. There's your nice cheap sack. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned Rashard Higgins. We were talking about Jarvis Landry. Um, 65-plus yards in three games in a row. 24 targets last week. Fantastic matchup against the Jets. Um, I think at 4,800, I think Rashard Higgins is a really good play this week. Yeah. I think that's uh, – I mean, he makes a ton of sense. And 2,100 le- less than Landry, like, slam dunk for me. If I'm taking someone in that game catching the ball, I'm going to save the 2,000 pretty easily and go to Higgins based on usage. You don't want to go 1,100 even cheaper for Peoples-Jones? Uh, I, I like it, but a big play guy, I think I, I think I go with the Higgins instead of the price. Okay. I just like the targets. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. So if Tyler Boyd does not play, he's in concussion protocol, uh, left last week and on a short week coming off Monday night. Um, do you have any interest in T Higgins down price down at 4,700? I know the quarterback situation is obviously rough here. Um, yeah, just like a Higgins stack. Oh yeah. I like that. Um, you know, I think, yeah. Definitely. Um, 21, 21 targets the last three weeks. Hasn't done a lot with them. Hasn't topped 60 yards since week 10. But he's a guy that is talented. And if, if Boyd doesn't play, I think maybe the targets bump up a little bit. I think he's workable at 4,700. I'd probably go Higgins, the other Higgins instead. Right. Um, 
Yeah, I, like, how much do you want of the Bengals passing game? I think that's the key. Is like, I just, it's hard to get a ceiling when you think they're going to score how many, how many points. But they are against Houston, whose defense yeah. is bad. I don't know. Ryan Philly looked better than Brandon Allen, I guess. But, yeah, he did. Um, I mean, he looked kind of serviceable against Pittsburgh. I had that rushing touchdown at the end that, that locked it up. But he took that huge shot too that um, gets smoked. Survived, and it seemed like the guy like it seems like the team wants to play with him. Like yeah. that's that's something. It's probably the biggest quarterback I hit I've seen in a while where the quarterback did not leave the game. Like it's Wild. just or came, at least came back in, but like he got hit from like three different angles. A yeah. clean hit, but like he just got he got smoked. Yeah. How how comfortable you feel with uh, T Higgins and Gio Bernard together in a lineup? In 2020, there, there's your run back right there, right? <laughs> oh. um, so let's get under 4,000. This is always the area that I like to, I like to get into. There's a couple guys down here I like, but uh, I want you to go first. Anybody you love under under four? I mean, love is obviously under 4,000. You're getting, you get some risk, but anybody you like down here catching the ball? Um, I do just want to throw out uh, 4,500 Jamison Crowder after eight targets last week. Yeah, but that's it. He uh, he played well. Yeah, um, we talked about sort of uh hardman who um where is he 3100 the problem is is that like he just they can just disappear at any time it's like hardman watkins robinson like any game one of them can have like a big one um the touchdown last week obviously makes us feel better about hardman now but i'm not sure anything was like drastically different um, the uh, the nine targets were pretty interesting though. I mean, yeah. that's a lot of that's a lot of targets for Hardman. Crazy because I think he played he played thirty two snaps. Like that's a t- it just I don't, it may have just worked out that way. If you look a week before he had he played nineteen snaps. The week before that twenty one. He's really like you really you see the thirty one hundred in this offense a cheap part of this offense. You really want to get excited, uh, but he's a he's a true boomer bust guy. Like if he goes he has one catch for nine yards. Like that's. That you would be you would be nearly not, not even close surprised by that <laughs> right um i think you can say the same thing about denzel mims it's like another one that like people like because the talent is there but yeah it's not like it's just not the situation you really want to get into um the broncos guys like judy and hamler i'm not sure if i'm allowed to bring up hamler yeah Hamler has five catches less four games. Like I just, they're using him weirdly. Like he had the two touchdown game where he was huge a couple weeks ago and won a lot of people a lot of money. I just, Drew Locke is just a disaster. He's so bad. Like so bad. It just, I think KJ Hamler and Jerry Judy are really, really talented guys. And I just, the the quarterback's just killing him right now. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of quarterback killing, like James Washington seemed like he would have been like an interesting one. And then no catches on three targets this week. And... Yeah, it's just so many mouths to feed there mm-hmm. that I just, it, it's hard to, it's hard. I like Washington too. I think it's hard to get there. Yeah. And I think, I mean, Hardman just is so much better than everybody in this group, I think. It sounds like you yeah. might have somebody better. I don't know about better, but I have someone I really like. Um, but one note, if, if Keenan Allen doesn't play, I think Jalen Guyton becomes really interesting very quickly. He's 3,200. He had uh, six targets last week, played a lot of snaps. He plays a lot of snaps every week. Yeah, he does. But if, if Allen or even or even if Mike Williams don't play, like if one of those two don't play, I think I move to Guyton pretty easily at 3,200. I think that uh, on the field a lot with a team that throws the ball a bunch, uh, with Herbert, who's, you know, obviously can get the ball to guys, which you like with a quarterback. You don't get that many of those down here. That's why we like Hardman and, and, and someone like this. Just, you know, you know quarterback is going to throw the ball. Um, I think it's interesting. So the guy that I kind of like this week, um, 17 targets the last two weeks was probably in the mid fives to low sixes earlier in the year, price wise. 
Um, only seven catches in the last two weeks, but he was four for 74 last week. Tough matchup at a game that they're going to be behind, throwing the ball a lot. Uh, 3,800, I like Darius Slayton this week against Baltimore. Ooh. Um, that's funny because I was going to mention Sterling Shepard, but he was at 4,500. I was like, eh, I don't know if I necessarily need that. Um, I think it's one of those situations where I think Slayton's too talented to be down at this price. I get the quarterback play is a mess, and I don't think Daniel Jones is going to play. I think it's probably going to be Colt McCoy, but 17 targets the last two weeks. If you're going to give me 17 targets, if you say you give me eight and a half, eight targets in the game, and you give me someone as talented as Slayton at 3,800, I'm going to take that every day. Yeah, eight and a half targets should get you about two and three quarter catches. <laughs> very uh. true. Very true. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I would Baltimore, never... Baltimore's tough. Like, the, yeah. the matchup is tough. I get that. But, like, they're going to be behind. They're going to be throwing the ball the whole second half. You give me a guy that's talented. I mean, Everett Ingram can't catch the ball, so I'm not worried about that. Sterling Shepard is really good, but you're going to more possession guy. Uh, if they hit a big player or two, it's going to be the Slayton. At 3,800, I'm willing to take that shot. That's fair. Um, yeah, I think for a GPP, that's a fine yep. last piece. Why not? Under under four thousand, uh, very talented in a game where you have to throw the ball. I think there's enough of a formula there that I'm, uh, I'm I'm willing to do that, and and probably over the other guys in this range. Who's the Philly guy? Dallas Goddard. Oh, okay. Oh, not even a receiver. Yeah, okay. No, I just I really want to go Jalen Rieger, but it just it's just uh, not enough there right now to to do so. I, I can't find a receiver. Greg Ward has three touchdowns in two games from from Jalen Hurts, but I think he had like ten yards last week or something like that. Fifteen, yeah, touchdowns. four four catches yeah. five on five targets for fifteen yards. Yeah, I, I I'm not paying for that touchdown the touchdowns right there, yeah. so I'm not doing it. I I tried to. I, it's funny. I tried to find a Philly receiver that I liked it, it, it cheap, and I just I couldn't do it. Which is funny to like think that after Hurts threw for three hundred and thirty five yards. So so let's jump into tight ends. Uh, you know, obviously Travis Kelsey at the top, and we talked about the the stretch of catches. I mean. He's 8,500. Like we talked about, oh, if you know, if he was 7,000 price like a receiver, you'd play him. But 8,500, I don't think I can get there. It's funny because like Mark Andrews is the next highest at 5,700, which is a lot for a tight end. Like yep. early in the season, it was probably Kelsey like 64, Andrews 57. And we're like, oh, that's kind of, but like 8,500. But I mean, he, he absolutely earns it. I mean, eight catches in seven straight games. I have no issue playing him. Atlanta's bad against tight ends. Um, like an 80% catch rate to tight ends. Uh, he's so excited. I just, the bill, everything that I was building and, and working towards, I couldn't find a way that I, I couldn't find any lineups that I really liked with Kelsey at 8,500. Yeah. So the way we um, kind of explained this early in the season when we didn't have an $8,500 tight end, but we had 6,300. Yeah. If that was the conversation, then uh, we're saying if you want to play two of Hardman and uh, whoever we, you know, Hamler. <laughs> I'll throw right. in just for good for good measure. Yeah. You play two three thousand ish wide receivers. And then you play Kelsey because the where he's priced now, you're playing him instead of Allen Robinson or Tyreek Hill Cal- or Calvin, Calvin Ridley. Ridley. Yeah. I mean you're playing against he's eight hundred more than than Robinson. It's, right. So it's like not- the consideration for Andrews is like, do you want to play him or like Amari Cooper, DJ Moore? Like he's in that range, but like you're literally playing Kelsey instead of the best wide receivers on the slate, which like based on the production is perfectly fine. It is like it's, we say that you're like, Oh, I just want to play Ridley. But like Travis Kelsey has been better the last eight weeks than anybody. Right. So, but really certainly more consistent. Really what you have to do is the two V two of who the receiver is that you're getting. So like, it's really 
Hardman and Kelly, or I didn't want to use Hardman just because, I mean, you could play both of them because they're both fantastic, but you're playing Darius Slayton and Kelsey, or you're playing Ridley and Goddard. And yeah. it's still pretty close. It is pretty close. I mean, Kelsey, it, it's crazy that Kelsey's so good that, that that's close. Like, mm-hmm. it, normally, at the start of the year, we've been like, oh, easily I take the more expensive receiver and punt the tight end and, and figure it out. But I don't know. I mean, they, they feed Kelsey like crazy. Yeah. And it's, I mean, he's obviously in a price tier by himself. So it's not like, oh, I want to pay up for tight end this week because there are a lot of guys. Like, you're either paying up for Kelsey or I think yeah. you're just like, all, the other guys just seem so expensive for what they really are. Like 57 for Andrews, 49 for Logan Thomas. 40 beasting right now. Logan Thomas is going off right now. Well, did he have one good game or was it two? Two. Sort of two. Oh, it's two out of three. Right. Yeah. Um, 15 targets. You're right. Logan Thomas is awesome. You're right. 15 targets. How did that happen? I have no idea. I don't get this team at all. Um, No. And he's he's at 4900 this week, so they've they've priced him up appropriately. Yeah. uh, He's interesting based on the usage, but yeah, I, I get your point. Like, it's just... Um, you just have to keep looking at where else... Like, make your lineup with a cheap tight end. Make yep. it with Goddard, who's 3,600. Yep. And then take Goddard out and put in any one of these other wide receivers, or any one of these other tight ends, and just see how far down you have to go in certain spots, and you're going to realize it's it's probably not worth it. I, I agree there. So my question for you, we mentioned Mahomes. You looked up the, the UF Collective, and he's clearly the highest quarterback. Do you think more people play will stack him with Hill or with Kelsey? Um, that's a good question, actually. Um, can you can you do? I don't think you could do both and have a workable lineup at all. Um, I mean, there will be people that do it and try. Um, I think you, I just think you're you have to get too lucky with too many other spots. But uh, I was curious, yeah, if you thought that, that more people would go to Mahomes Hill at the beginning or Mahomes Kelsey to start out with. Uh, if you played the three of them. On DraftKings, you have four thousand left for all of your remaining spots. So you go two thousand on a tight end, or two thousand on a defense, twenty hundred on a tight end. Then you're like at forty eight hundred a spot. That's really, I mean, with we two actually you can have the Falcons, who you probably don't want to play against your three stacks, but they're at nineteen hundred. They actually broke oh. the two thousand barrier. We have the Jets. So the Jets' defense is two thousand, and that gets you to forty four hundred. Right. And you don't have a cheap tight end to fill because you already filled it. You already filled your tight end spot. Yes, I guess you could play two tight ends. Um, oh, yeah, you're right. Be, you probably have to go like Bernard and Smith. Smith or, it's kind of the only path, right? It may, it you go maybe someone's 6000 cheap, and then you're going two, $3,000. It, it's hard to get there. Now, now granted, uh, you are paying down for a running back in the game that you're expecting the Chiefs to blow them out because you're taking Mahomes, Tyreek, right. and Kelsey. Um, so if you plug in, so Mahomes, Bernard Smith, Tyreek Hill, Kelsey, and the Jets defense, so you have two wide receiver spots and the flex and you have 4,400 per spot. Yeah. I just, there are going to be, there are going to be ways you can look back and that would work, but there's I, just no way I can do it going forward and be comfortable with Atlanta. Actually, you get up to 5,000 if you add Hardman and now you have to expect that Mahomes throws seven touchdowns. You never wouldn't. It probably would be the first time, right? He probably has a six touchdown. He game. probably I has a, a six seven. One, yeah. yeah. I, I just, um, um, I think more people play Hill because people are more comfortable paying all the way up for a wide receiver than a tight end. But yeah. I think Kelsey might be the better play. 
It's interesting. I mean, if he's going to be definitely less owned, I would I would think so too. I was just curious of what you thought. You're better with percentages than I am. Um, I think you're probably right. I think I think Hill comes in higher though. Um, you have collective currently. I mean, this is Wednesday. Things change throughout the day. Wednesday even, but they have they Hill at 16 and change, and Kelsey at 11 and change, and Goddard is next at nine and a half. Like, it's the, that's the clear. That's it. You're either playing Kelsey or you're playing Goddard. Yeah, that's where I kind of got to when I looked at tight ends, too. I mean, I, I bolded Logan Thomas just because I wanted to talk about him. But, I mean, he's 30, 31 targets last week. He's heavily involved, but they priced him up to 4900 uh, But since week 10, Logan Thomas is third in, t- in tight end targets behind Kelsey and Waller. Like, crazy how much they've, they've been using him. But 4900 um, Fant was good last week, but he's 4800 I just – I find it hard to pay – and Hunter Henry was good last week. I find it hard to pay $1,300 more when I can get Dallas Goddard, who had eight more targets last week. Six plus targets in six straight games, four plus catches in six straight games. Hertz clearly likes him. Had a couple of end zone targets last week, late in the game. He's playing a lot of snaps. He probably he, they actually dropped him in price because he didn't do much last week. He's four for thirty nine, but had eight targets. I just I think thirty six hundred Goddard kind of jumped off the page to me as the the guy to play here if you don't go up to Kelsey or someone else. I think people will still try Kelsey and Goddard, like two, a two tight end build just because. Yeah. Like if you look at Goddard at thirty six hundred among the wide receiver groups, and we have already talked about a few guys, but like if you're looking for consistency, at least like it's Goddard or Slayton, Judy, like those kind of guys. And so you're not gonna get a receiver down there that has six plus targets in six straight games. Probably not. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, obviously the receiver ceilings are higher. They catch a big touchdown pass, and Goddard's probably not gonna do that. But um, you know, I just think that you know. Five for sixty is uh, is is a pretty good like decent bet for Goddard, and if he scores, it turns into a really good game at the price. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. I mean, obviously that makes all of the guys not named uh, Kelsey and Goddard find GPP plays because yeah, like uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think that you know Phantom Henry, you know, good good plays that nobody's gonna have, and you know Evan Ingram's bad, but thirty nine hundred, you know, a bunch of targets maybe, but. What about uh, what about your theory of tight ends against the Jets? Austin Hooper, thirty five hundred, and it worked out again last week. Uh, the the tight ends against the Jets—they've allowed thirteen touchdowns to tight ends. That's that seems like an impossible stat too. Is that worse than the Cardinals last year? It's like seems like it's right there. It the Cardinals, be, for a, right? Cardinals for a while were really bad, and kind of eased off a little bit. But yeah, I mean it's it's bad. You, you sent me a message last week when Higby scored. Like there it is again. It just kind of happens every week against the Jets with the tight ends. Every week. Yeah. Um. And Gasecki and Waller had two each. Yep. Like, uh, I don't think I, I don't think I could do Hooper over Goddard myself, though. I wouldn't, but sometimes I just decide to not play immediate touchdowns. <laughs> yeah, right. You, you know, the first quarter that Hooper's going to catch one, it's going to be like, oh, there it is. I, I mean, I don't know why. I mean, obviously, I know why you don't play Hooper, but like in a vacuum, how do you not play Hooper? Yeah, thirty-five hundred and six targets last week, and. I think the reason you play Hooper is just kind of up and down. And, you know, he, he started off slow, then he had the big chunks, then he got hurt. I had the appendectomy. And um, I think he's – if you want to get off Goddard, who's probably going to be – I mean, I don't think he'll be popular, but probably like 10% owned, so enough people that – way more than Hooper. Um, I think he's a fine a fine shift off, uh, off, off Goddard. Yeah, I mean, from ownership perspective-wise, like Hooper is 10th among tight ends. Yeah. Like – and he's ahead of Andrews. I actually think Andrews is kind of a sneaky play this week. As stupid as that phrase is, no, I mean he's coming on though. Like it's just, he's fifty seven hundred. I think everybody's going to slide right by him when they scroll. I think yeah. you're right. I think they're going to Kelsey, or people going to scroll down to at least Logan Thomas. Like I think they'll get at least five, under five thousand. 
don't think anyone's going to have Andrews. He has, uh, he has it was five for 66 in the touchdown last week on five targets. He has over 60 yards in four straight games. Lamar seems to be coming on right now as a pass or two. Like he was what 17 and 22 last week, like more, a little more uh, efficient and accurate. Yeah. I think that it, Andrews at what? 3% maybe is yeah. uh, a pretty talented guy at that price. Yeah. I, I, why not? Yeah. You stack him with Lamar. Yeah. I like that. Uh, Cole Komet, we talked about last couple of weeks was quiet last week, two targets. Did they 64 snaps? Um, I think he's fine at 3,000 if you want someone that's playing a lot. Maybe you fall into a touchdown, but I just – I can't do it over Goddard since Goddard's only 3,600. Fine is exactly the word I was going to use for Komet. Yeah. A lot of snaps, cheap price. But yeah. I think there's enough – there's a couple of guys in the 3,000s that I'd, I'd go to pretty easily over him. Yeah. Yep. What about uh, what about defense this week? Uh, I was having trouble finding someone that jumped out. I kind of looked at Houston against Cincinnati, but Houston's defense is so bad. Oh, um, so Washington bad. against Carolina at three thousand down here. You know they didn't do much against Seattle last week, but uh, Carolina's been giving up a lot of sacks the last couple of weeks. They're going to give up seven sacks the last couple of weeks. So I kind of like that one at at three thousand. I looked at Philly against Dallas, but Philly's defense is so banged up right now. Uh, where would you come down on defense this week? Uh, Washington is like where I start now. Like every week, I'm just like, all right, can I get away with Washington? 3,000 is not like that cheap on DraftKings. I usually try to find as cheap as I can. But yeah, um, yeah I think they're fine. Um, the number of times I, I played a defense, because I'm like, it doesn't matter who I play because I'm, I'm really playing whoever the quarterback, against the quarterback. Right. Um, but like, I probably have done that like five or six times with the Texans this season. And like, they're actually just awful. Like they're, they're awful. They're it's so funny. bad. We, are, we, we talk about running backs against Houston always, but then like, we also talk about quarterbacks and receivers. Like it's not like that they stopped any, it's just, I've done the same thing with Houston, like against the other quarterback and it never, it hasn't worked. So I'm just, I'm not doing it again. I know that only 2,800, I'm just going to avoid playing that bad defense and I'll, I'll pick someone else. In the last six games, five of them, they've had zero turnovers. Like it's hard to How do. does that like happen? Someone's going to fumble at some point, right? Like they play. There has I mean, to be a tip, a tip pass in there. So looking at like the opponents, so they had they played Philip Rivers twice, no interceptions. All right. Mitchell Trubisky, oh. zero interceptions, no uh, uh, fumbles. Cam Newton and Baker Mayfield. Good lord, yeah. And they had one uh, interception against who Jackson, who, who I don't even know who started that week. Probably Jake Luton. Right. And like, it's, they're actually bad. And so I'm not, I'm done with them. I just, there's no reason to play them. Uh, Philly at 2,900 seems fine to me. Yeah, I'd play them over Houston. Uh, Washington's right in there. The, the defense I do really like, if you can, you find yourself with a few extra bucks. I think Chicago at 3,600 is probably my favorite defense this week. They had, uh, they have 10 sacks the last two weeks and playing against Jacksonville, who they may start Mike Glenn, they may start Gardner Minshew. Gave up five sacks last week to the Ravens. I think that Chicago, uh, if I had to pick a highest scoring defense on the week, it'd be Chicago right now. I like that call. I like that. Do you I think, think that, the Jets or the Jaguars are the better pay down option? Ooh, that's a good question. I think the Jets are the pay, better pay down option just because I think that uh, Mayfield's been good lately, but uh, you know can be prone to some mistakes. I think the Jets' defense is more talented than Jacksonville. There's maybe a few more guys out there that can make a, make a, make a play. And do you think either of them are better than the Broncos against Herbert? I'd play the Jets over the Broncos. I think the Broncos are just so banged up right now. I think yeah. that the, it's tough. That's fair. 
Yeah, I think I'm going to try and find a way to play Chicago. I think, uh, you know, in some laps I might not be able to with uh, with paying up. But I think 3600 is a, a fair and good price. I think you're going to get uh, a, a chance for a couple of big plays there. That's fair. Um, you know, and Baltimore at 4000 is priced up too. And I think the people of people will play them just because they're playing playing the Giants and they're just a good defense. But um, I go Chicago. Okay. Chicago and Washington, I think, are the, the two that I'm I'm leaning towards right now. Obviously, it's it's Wednesday morning, but uh, those are the two I'm leaning towards at the moment. Who who knows? Is we starting quarterback by the end of the week for some teams? But, yeah, seriously. Uh, that's uh, that's probably my path right now. Okay, I like it. Anything else on your mind? Anything else you want to talk about in this week 16? It's like it's crazy how week 16. Like we got one more week, and who knows what week 17 will bring? We, got, we some weeks, some years it, it looks like kind of a real slate, and some weeks we get some absolutely wild players wild ones, to play yeah. with uh, with guys sitting and stuff but uh anything else on your mind for week 16 no i'm good beautiful well thanks everybody for listening to the roadwire fantasy football podcast obviously uh, happy holidays to everybody this weekend uh you know sorry we're at, at you a couple days early but i figured uh you know listening before uh before christmas day is probably a good thing for a lot of people so hopefully that works uh we'll be back at you next week with week 17 if you want to follow andrew on twitter he's at rotowire andrew I am at Scott Jensted. Jensted's J-E-N-S-T-A-D. If you have any questions or anything as the, as the week goes on and some injury stuff kind of clarifies itself, we're happy to uh, answer stuff on there. Other than that, hope everybody has a, a great holiday and take care. We'll be, at, be back at you next week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.